You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Well, greetings, everyone. This is Doug Thorpe, and you're listening to another episode of Leadership Powered by Common Sense. We're the show where we try to take things that you may want to know about running a team or running a business and break them down into some easy-to-understand, bite-sized ideas that uh, I call common sense. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I want to just take a quick detour for just a, a moment. Some of you have heard me tell this story before. Once upon a time, when I was first getting started in all of this, I I fell in love with my tagline, leadership powered by common sense. And I was in the process of hiring a marketing agency to work with me and do some things. And they looked at that and they said, we hate that. You've got to get rid of that. It's terrible. You're going to, it's condescending. You're going to turn people off, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, well, in all candor and honesty, your very reaction to that tells me you're one of those human beings who suffer the problem that you really don't have common sense because well, it's a, it's offensive to you to be challenged about common sense. <laughs> and to say the least, we didn't engage. Uh, that was a, that was a non-starter for me. So uh, subsequent to that, I can't tell you the messaging and the emails I get from people going, oh my God, that's exactly what I need. That's what I'm looking for. And thank you for doing what you do because of that. So tagline's here to stay. It is a registered trademark for those who are curious and uh, not going anywhere other with than the spirit and letter of that law. <laughs> so anyway, with that, uh, I might say it's a branding statement, and it is. This show is going to be about that. I've got a gentleman here who's going to join us and talk about some elements that probably for most people are pretty mysterious when it comes to thinking about branding your business or your product. My guest is Jason Barnard. Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's an absolute delight to be here. Well, I have enjoyed getting to know you and I, I really look forward to our discussion. We had a whale of a good time in just our initial prep call and hmm teasing out a few things and ideas and we've already picked back up on that in our in the green room here before we got started but um, Jason give us a little bit of background about what it is you do and and more importantly you know your journey to get there what has inspired you to do the things you're doing today thank you yeah Doug that's a really interesting question because uh, what you just said um, about common sense is something I used to say to my clients and I no longer say, but I should, which is when I give you advice about your digital marketing strategy, you should say back to me, that's blindingly obvious. But it wasn't just before you said it. If that isn't the case, then I've probably misunderstood or we're approaching this from the wrong angle. And common sense and blindingly obvious are two things that go for me hand in hand. So I love the, the introduction about uh, common sense. And I deal in brand in digital marketing. At CaliCube, what we do is because we're Google experts, Google whisperers, 
we use Google to understand your brand position and your brand position within your industry and your brand narrative and how it's perceived by your audience by simply asking Google. And that's hugely simple, hugely obvious, blindingly obvious once you say it, good common sense, but only once you've done it. I look at your branded search results on Google to understand your brand, your place in your market, and your relationship with your audience. But <clears throat> that is hard to do. And I'm speaking as a business owner myself, someone who has actually made multiple attempts, uh, and it's not just an attempt, but I've had a hand in multiple startups and, and growth of companies and businesses and moving around and particularly for the new idea or the new name or the new brand it's it's hard to elevate that presence and i i love something i've learned already in your material jason and that is you have to start by treating google like a child and you have yes. to educate them on who and what you are and again, saying it that way, it becomes blindingly obvious. But I, for all the years I've done what I've done, I'd never thought about Google in that way, about training it up to know and understand who and what you are, what you're about. So at the sake of diving deep in the weeds right off the top, what is that about? Elaborate a little bit on this notion of educating Google. Right. And that's a great way of putting it is that we're not diving into complicated weeds. We're talking about something once again, that's common sense, obvious. It's that with SEO, search engine optimization, traditionally, what we have tried to do is trick the machine, beat the machine, game the machine. And now what I'm saying is, well, actually, the machine simply wants to understand. It wants to understand who you are and what you offer to whom you are offering it, and why you are a credible solution. And all you need to do is explain to this machine like it's a child who you are, what you offer, who you offer it to, and why you're a credible solution. And once it's understood that, then it can fulfill its ultimate aim, which is to get its users, the people who search on Google, to the solution to their problem as efficiently as possible. And if you are that solution and you are the best solution, Google will actively recommend you every time somebody searches on Google for the solution that you have. I really like what you said about the traditional look at SEO as needing to game the system, oh. needing to beat the algorithm. And, and on one hand, in my mind, and again, admittedly having done it for many years when you get approached by agencies who profess to be good at, at, at doing all of that the pitch is fundamentally the same they're going to oh. they're going to tweak keywords and they're going to look at you know long tail search phrases and things like that and then they're going to pepper your online content with all of that, but it's, it's, it really is ultimately kind of gearing toward the idea of how do I hammer the machine so that it finally wakes up and realizes who and what we are. 
And I have come to learn, particularly in my last iteration of business, my current coaching company, you you don't get very far doing that. And I think it's largely because the science of the algorithms has become so complex. I think you probably get points deducted if it if it determines that's what you're doing. That's my I'm, I'm, that's not an official statement of anything. That's just my casual observation. Right. And uh, that's a really interesting observation is a lot of people talk about penalties, uh, Google penalties, whereby it will push you down the rankings because you're cheating. Today, Google doesn't work that way. It demotes you. So let's look at demotion rather than penalties. It isn't saying you're penalized because you've been cheating. It's saying you are less relevant and demoted because we don't believe you're playing fairly. Your offer isn't clear, and it isn't obvious to us that the offer you have behind, in fact, and that's a huge point, is can you deliver? And when you're cheating, generally speaking, you're not going to be the best company person entity to deliver to the Google's users. And I think that's one of the mistakes that people make is they don't realize that Google has a billion users, 5 billion users, I don't know how many there are, but they are Google's users, they're not yours. There is a subset of those users who are your audience, and Google is trying to identify which subset that is, and at which point in that journey of that subset of the users it has, you can serve them. So at the end of the day, we're looking at not so much what is the person typing, i.e. the long tail keywords that you mentioned earlier on, but what is their intention? What problem are they trying to solve? And Google has a huge algorithm that tries to figure that out. And then another huge algorithm or set of algorithms that tries to match what it's understood the intent to be to the solution that you can offer. So your aim is to look not so much at keywords, but intent, what do your users want? So somewhere down the line, and this is where I think I disagree with most SEOs, I don't care about intent. It's not my problem. I have solutions. It's up to Google to figure out where my solutions solve the problems that the intent of the user's search implies. There's a lot packed into what you just Sorry. said, and, and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking. Well, I'm again. I'm, I'm thinking as a actual user business owner who has struggled in this space, trying to do better, uh, achieve better results for the good of the company. And believe me, I've tried a lot of different solutions. Yeah. And um, as Jason and I had this kind of casual discussion in the startup of the show here today. And, and by the way, folks, I guess I'm going to make a, a little bit of a disclaimer. I think much of the rest of the journey here that we're going to have on here with Jason is, is going to sound like a gratuitous plug for his company. And if it is, that's great. I, I'm not ashamed to do that. And I, I say that because I, too, I'm, I'm part of what I was thinking about is for all that that you just said, Jason, is in, in many ways, as a company owner wanting to look for services, I'm doing the same thing Google's trying to do. I, I'm, I'm looking for Vendors, suppliers, partners that sound like they're credible, sound like they know what they've 
they are doing and 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 they've got some proven results for others who are like me and you know therefore i it's not a leap to engage and and consume the service and I, what i will tell everyone in the audience since i've met jason i i have been experimenting and taking advantage of many of the free tools he's got on his website, by the way, and that's, that's sort of the no like and trust element, you know, in, in mm. my process. And I have been very pleasantly surprised by the ease of use of the tools and the information I'm getting from it. So um, I, I had said to Jason, I, I find at least his website incredibly helpful and incredibly intuitive which again when it comes to seo providers that's not always the case and i've hmm. i've got a recent experience with another platform that i really had high hopes for and i'm still not totally disenchanted but there are elements that were described that i thought would be very powerful and when i went to the web and started using the tools right. it was very complex very hard and it was clear I, I would need to hire some kind of freelancer to do that work for me because it was it was a level of depth i just didn't even want to get into so um you know that that became a disappointment Right. Well, I think one huge question or answer that comes out of what you just said is the problem of geekiness, the problem of overcomplexifying, if that's a word, what is actually very, very simple. And it's always been simple from the perspective of Google has always understood and Bing has always understood, Yahoo has always, always understood that when somebody searches on one of these search engines, they are expressing a problem and they're looking for a solution. And their role is get th to get that user, their user, who trusts them to the solution to that problem as efficiently as possible. And from a business perspective, what we're trying to do is identify the right audience for whom we can present a valuable, helpful, and credible solution. And if you look at it that way, you're saying, well, all they are is an intermediary between us and the prospects, the real audience that we have. And although up until maybe five years ago, their technology did not allow them to do that, i.e. match the solution provider to the person looking for that solution, in a manner that truly satisfied the user. So what happened was they would offer 10 possibilities and the user would then visit them all and then choose. Then they reduced that to four or five. Now they're reducing it to one, two, or three. I.e. they're providing the answer. They've become answer engines because they understand that I have the best solution. I have the perfect solution for this particular person in this particular situation. So they become an inter intermediary whereby all I need to do is explain to them who I am, what I do, which audience I serve and why I'm credible and wait for them to recommend me when the time is right 
for the right person. And that is actually just very good marketing and business. Right. Well, and it triggers the thought that is classic marketing speak for a business owner, and that is, you know, the marketing person is going to say, well, who do you think your ideal customer may be? Or, you know, people popularly call it your avatar. Who's yeah. your avatar? And so as an owner, you're sitting there totally biased in your own mind about what you do and what you think you can solve. And you start spieling these things. And the next big challenge is whether or not that is really a valid definition of a segment of the world that's going to be out searching for solutions. And are you really connecting on the thoughts and the pain points and the issues that these people are thinking about. So partly it's a it's a linguistics problem. You know, what I call a problem may not be what you call a problem, but it's the yeah. same problem. So that's the challenge as a business owner trying to allocate and invest your marketing dollars. How do you how do you really peg that as best you can the first time out. And, and I know we marketers, we get into talking about AB marketing and testing and all those things, but that's the very reason you I'm have. I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> My watch is giving me a commentary here. Um, it, it, that's the very challenge of trying to identify that target that you're looking for and I've certainly had experience where I'll go out with a campaign and I'll say something in that campaign that triggers a whole different audience. And I get flooded with inquiries from people that are nowhere close to being my ideal prospect. And, and that's a huge problem in business generally. Um, but it's not a search problem. It's not a Google problem. It's a business problem. I've had that problem. We still have that problem. And we're experts in this. Uh, what we've done with CaliQ Pro, which is the SaaS platform that we've created, is to identify where we are with our marketing strategy, who we're aiming for, where we need to stand to be right where they're looking, how we can present that solution that we have for them and what are the next steps. So in business, it's, or marketing at least, stand where your audience is looking, demonstrate you have the right solution for their problem and show them what the next steps are. And that's not just search. And that's where I've grown immensely in the last five or six years is I've moved from a Google-centric SEO to a marketer who understands business. And business is about driving revenue. And as you rightly say, it's about getting the right people to talk to you. And you spend your time with the right people who are truly the right clients. So uh, uh, an example would be a keyword tool that you mentioned earlier on. I don't care about keywords. I don't care about the exact term that somebody is searching. I care about the intent behind that. And it's not up to me to define what that intent is. It's up to Google to define it and match me when it works, when it's sensible, when it's intelligent, and when I can truly help them. So focusing on your topic, your solution, and your communication, as you rightly said, 
what's a problem to me is not necessarily a problem to you. And if we don't see eye to eye on that, that communication is going to be out of sync and then they don't contact me. And I save time, they save time, and they go and talk to somebody who does communicate in the same way that they do. And we've learned lessons over the last few years at CaliCube with clients who are not a good match. Not from a we can't help them perspective, but they don't understand how we approach this and they don't get on board. And if they don't get on board, we can't help them. And I would rather avoid that kind of client. Sure. Because what we do is provide a holistic digital marketing strategy with SEO baked in. And if they're looking for quick SEO wins, we're not the right company. CaliQ Pro is not the right platform. Yeah. Well, you're you're spot on with that idea that uh, we're all mm. out in business. We need to find our ideal customers, and um, I'm I'll take it really grassroots. I know a business owner who happens to run an auto body shop, and um, but but he's he's part of a franchise network, and their franchise mm. brand is quite honestly not that high end. It's more the the quick, effective, economic solution. So somebody that's got an eight-year-old car, 10-year-old car that's in a fender bender and you want to do something to make it look nice again, not factory new, but right. not crumpled and, and rusted, he's a good fit. But when people show up who want factory new results, he, he's not equipped for that. He he doesn't have the machinery. He truthfully doesn't even have the talent on the team that could do that and reproduce a factory grade drive out of the showroom kind of finish on a car, not any car anywhere. Right. So, Ooh, Can I say something? Yeah. Yeah. I would be his perfect client. Because that's exactly how I see it. I don't need perfection in my car. I just need it to be reasonably roadworthy or completely roadworthy and reasonably and, you know, good looking. Pleasant. You're, you're, you don't want to be embarrassed driving around in yes. it. You, know, you want to <laughs> you know, have a little bit of uh, class to it. And, um, it. and I won't go into all the details of a specific circumstance I'm aware of, but there was a, there was a real meltdown situation with a customer who had a very old vehicle and it wasn't crumpled. It was just old and, you know, paint was fading and chipping and he wanted it redone. And the problem is the fellows in the front office at this shop oversold what they could do. Right. And they, they'd never said showroom, perfect drive off the lot kind of, but, but they were talking about everything up to that. And when the when the job was finally done and the car was delivered, that's not what the paint job looked like. And was it okay? Yeah, it was okay. But when you really got to looking at it, you would never see it in a drive-by. But when you really got to looking at it, you know, there were places here that didn't get hit and a little bit of chip over here. And, you know, it, it just it had some defects in it. But again, it was consistent with the overall grade of the job that they were geared to do. Right. And and that, sorry to, to interrupt, but that's a really good example of why it's not my problem what the intent of the user is on Google. 
Because if they say paint job repair or paint repair job for my car, and Google knows they've got an old car, then it's going to recommend your friend. But if it knows I've got a Ferrari, which I never would have, but that's a different story, then it wouldn't recommend your friend. So if your friend then starts focusing on that specific keyword specifically and really tries to nail that down on Google, he will start to rank and people will come with their Ferrari. And he doesn't want them to come with a Ferrari because they're going to be disappointed. Exactly. So that whole intent point behind the words that we use is hugely important. And what our problem is and what our duty as a business owner is, is to communicate to Google, I can serve somebody who wants the paint job repaired, but doesn't expect it to be 100% perfect. That's my client. And Google is then designed to match the subset of its users who are that audience to your solution. Well, and somewhere this may be going off on too far a tangent, but I'm, I'm, uh, you having said that, I'm reminded uh, many years ago in the greater Houston area where I've lived for many years, there was a large local plumbing company that was very well known. They, they had quite a, a following, but they were not ashamed. They, I, to my recall, they never published it this way. But if you paid attention long enough, you could hear them say, we're not focused on repeat business. We just want to get into every home in Houston once. <laughs> that, that was there. And as a business guy, when I first was, that was revealed to me, I thought that's a horrible strategy. That's mm-hmm. just a, what does that mean? You know, you, and what it really meant, if you, if you studied them, they were confident they were going to get callbacks and repeat business, oh. but they, but they needed to get in there the first time. And, and so, I came to argue that they didn't quite say that the right way to because it the way they were saying it sure sounded like they didn't give a rip about repeat business. They just mm. they just wanted a ticket in every Houston home in the meantime, which you could argue on one hand that's not necessarily a bad strategy. You know, I I don't know what the household count was back in those days, but it was it was a big number. So, mm. you know. You go in and get a two hundred dollar job done in every house. You're 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 going to have a a good revenue stream. But anyway, yeah. So, I mean, maybe they should have been saying, "We're going to get you to see us once, and once you've seen us once, you want to see us a second time." Right. That's right. not the best tagline in the world, but that's the idea, and that makes total sense. And I can agree with that. I mean, from Cali Cube's perspective, I think. We can serve anybody, any business, any person, absolutely no problem. Obviously, we can't do that, so we need to focus. But at the same time, I'm hugely confident that once we started working with you, you won't want to work with another agency or another platform because we will solve your problem. And we will do so. And I love this word, and it's not me who uses it in this um, context. Initially, we will solve your problem elegantly Hmm. i love that and it's not me it's a guy called hugo scott who said that but solving your problem elegantly and providing you with the blinding obvious solution that is actually pure common sense is the way to go because if i'm speaking common sense 
blindingly obvious and it's elegant to you as a business owner, then I've absolutely hit the nail on the head. And if I'm telling you, let's twist everything you're doing around to try to fit into what Google wants, I'm not helping your business long term. It's not elegant. It's not common sense. And it's not blindingly obvious. Yeah. Well, I think on that note, <clears throat> and, and I do have a follow-up question for that, but let me, let me make a statement. So before you and I met, I I had discovered my Google panel. I had been put in Google jail. I had violated something <laughs> in my, in my do-it-myself approach to it. And I kept going back and forth. I, I would try to file an appeal and dispute, but I, I was getting no clarity, no no real meaningful answers on what to fix and adjust. And, and I did one of these classic letters, you know, basically fell on my sword and say, I'm not trying to do anything immoral, illegal, or otherwise to game the system. I have just yeah. obviously made a technical goof somewhere. Please help me understand what that is. And I'll be happy to comply. Crickets, no answer, no nothing. So friend of a friend referral, I, I found a lady who owns an agency in the States who professes to be one of the similar Google whisperer in regard to the knowledge panel expertise. Mm -hmm. So I engaged her to come on board. And sure enough, through a series of events, she she peeled the onion and found out what was wrong and and we've been reinstated and all you know love and kisses now but my point in all that is for those of you owners out there who think you can read the books or get the google for dummies instruction and and go make this happen beware uh I have I have been guilty now of going into google jail I've been in linkedin jail before and um a, a well-intended, honest, ethical mm. business can find themselves blocked out for an effort to perpetuate your marketing, yeah. thinking you're doing the good next step to help that cause. And next thing you know, the bells and whistles and the internet police show up and, you know, you, you, you lose your presence and ranking and um, not a happy place to be. No, I'm sure. And there are three things that strike me there. Number one is being in Google jail or LinkedIn jail. It can happen to anybody, as you say, innocently, you try to do something and it doesn't work out. We get a lot of clients coming to us saying everything's gone horribly wrong. And it's actually something very simple at its base. And that's what your friend did was she became Sherlock Holmes and she dug down and figured out exactly what went wrong. And that's what our platform does. It tracks day-to-day -day, everything so when something does go wrong we rewind and then we look at the day it changed and we figure out what you changed or what changed on the internet that made this happen and the third thing is people forget that on the other side of their request for redemption let's call it is another human being and that human being is somebody in perhaps india pakistan the philippines in a country where people are, or the Google are paying people very small sums of money with a very high bar of the number of things they have to do in a day where they're tracked. So they have literally 10 seconds to read your email and make a decision. 
So you're dealing with people who will just go, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, to hit their targets. So from that perspective, you need to make sure that that first sentence of whatever you send into a human being at Google immediately makes them think, I need to look at this a little bit more because you're being uh, convincing. So you said falling on your sword. Sometimes, I mean, with with uh, bad back uh, backlinks, uh, when we had the uh, the the pen penguin penalties, you had to start your email to Google with, "I'm really sorry, I got this wrong. Here's what I intend to do." Whereas people would tend to start with, "It's not my fault, bloody blah, blah." I had this company, blah, blah blah blah, and they've gone through the first fifteen seconds of their interaction with the human being on the other side. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, and they've they've gone no straight away. But if you say, I made a mistake, here's what we're going to do. You, you've said seven or eight words, and yep. they will read yep. what you're going to do. And then you say, I'll do that, 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 that. And they go, okay, that makes sense. Yes. Well, I and, and to that end, I, I think my mistake was I opened with a line like that. However, what I then followed up was help me understand what I did wrong and, and they don't like, have no. time. Yeah, <laughs> no, they don't have no, time. No. They're, they're not going to reply to you and say, well, this, that, and the other, because they're not going to investigate. And and that's where you need a specialist. Yeah. A Sherlock Holmes who digs down and figures out what's wrong, what needs to be changed, which, what you need to say in that email. Which is effectively what I got with this lady who whose agency helped me out of it. And, Brilliant. And she was, she was able to kind of give me the play-by-play -play for what they were uh dissecting and discovering along the way and i'm not going to go into all the details but it was clearly a, a pretty benign mistake but it was nonetheless a do-it-yourself mistake and you know and i'm totally guilty of that but i think i i, I think just not to, yeah. so that we don't frighten everybody this this is a one in a hundred thousand it's not something that happens to everybody every day it's a mistake yeah. within something as you said, benign. So don't freak out every time you change anything. This is relatively unlikely to happen. If it does happen, consider what you've changed and address that. And if yeah. you still can't get it sorted out, seek an expert because the expert will figure it out and tell you exactly what you need to say. Well, and, and uh, great. I'm glad you mentioned that. And, and I, I would very much tend to agree that this is not a cautionary tale for the whole world to understand. The only reason I bring it up is that it can happen if, yes. and, and in my case, I have a pretty proactive, regular discipline mm -hmm. of posting to social media, sharing articles, sharing content, and I'm, I'm on a rhythm and a cycle. And what turned out to be the, it was a cumulative effect that finally tripped the switch with, oh. with Google. And that is that in a certain string of some of my posts, I was using stock photos just to break it up and, mm. you know, entice uh, the, the viewership on it. But the way it ended up accumulating on my knowledge panel page was a whole string of these stock photos and google doesn't count that as credible for a for someone like me yeah. who's trying to build direct personal relationships and um 
That's the a way brilliantly we... said. Sorry, I mean, but but it makes sense when you look yeah. at it from Google's perspective. Yeah. And that's a little bit of empathy for Google. Not that I think Google's a lovely company, <laughs> yeah, I know. particularly. But if you consider what its aims are, it's saying, well, these stock photos do not represent this person's business because we know they're stock photos. We want real photos of this person to show to his users. So we want photos of Doug Thorpe. We want photos of his office. We want photos of the people he's working with. And, and that's, knows... exactly, that's exactly how we fixed it. We purged Brilliant. all the other photos, and I sent a, a whole archive of me speaking at an event or or coaching a small group or having a one-on-one. And it, it, it was me, you know, in the picture doing the thing. And boom, you know, that was gold. And Google loved it and lifted all the bands and, you know, everything was great. And, and that plays beautifully into Google's perception or its uh, appropriation of EEAT, which is experience, expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness, which comes down to credibility. And they're saying, we want to recommend, because that's what they're doing when somebody searches on Google, they're recommending the best solution. We want to recommend the most credible, experienced, authoritative, uh, expert, and trustworthy solution to the subs to our users. Because Google is putting its reputation on the line every time it recommends, puts somebody at the top of the results, is recommending. It's putting its reputation on the line, and it wants to make sure that that recommendation is experienced, expert, authoritative, and trustworthy. And ultimately, what we say at CaliCube will deliver. Well, let me, uh, that was the question I wanted to follow with. And I know we've only got a few minutes left here on the show, but can you give just kind of a quick idea of what it would mean if one of my listeners engaged you and wanted to begin the process of, of building the right marketing strategy for their company what what do you see as your usual first steps right well we have two ideal clients one of which is an agency a digital agency pr orm online reputation management or seo or digital marketing who use our SaaS platform to help their clients and what the platform does is that at the push of a button it will identify the most efficient, effective, and profitable digital marketing strategy for a company with SEO baked in. So if you come to us as an agency, because we also operate as an agency using our own tool, we uh, uh, pride ourselves. Sorry, I was trying to find the right word. We pride ourselves on teaching our clients to fish. So we will take that strategy that our platform spits out. It's a proprietary, a proprietary platform and algorithm. We take the strategy it spits out. We take it to the client. We say, okay, what are your business goals? What are your marketing goals? What are your current resources? And we will adapt this ideal strategy that we have identified using Google's own results to your current business situation. And then we will take your marketing team, two to five people, and we will coach them day by day throughout a year to integrate the best possible, efficient, effective, and profitable marketing strategy into their day-to-day -day work, 
and make sure that SEO is baked in so they don't need to worry about all these tools that tell you which long-tail keyword you need to aim for, and that Google's algorithms simply become something that you package your existing marketing materials to please. So you create marketing materials for an audience. You put that material where they are looking, so you're standing where they're looking, package it for Google. Google becomes the logical and simple extension of a solid business digital marketing strategy. That's what we want to do. That's our ideal client. The, <laughs> all of that said, the classic joke I hear among business leaders is, I know that 50% of my marketing money is wasted. I just don't know which 50% it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, in fact, what Kelly Q Pro can do, our platform, is tell you which 50% is wasted. Because all we do is ask Google, and Google will tell us, compared to your market, this is where you are. These advertising dollars or these social media dollars are being wasted. We obviously can't reduce 50% to zero, but I definitely think we can take it to 25% are wasted, not 50%. Yeah, and redeploy. Well, and, you know, the the practical answer is there there is an element of A-B testing that has to be done yeah. to really be able to hone in your message. Back to the earlier point we were talking about is, you know, as an owner or even as a marketing team, you get an idea what you think you want to say to the market. It, it's what you've crafted in your mission, vision, and purpose statements. And it all sounds wonderful and it looks great in the gold letters on the wall at the corporate headquarters. But if it doesn't resonate with the real client that you want to attract, it's wasted money and right. wasted and effort. That brings one hopefully last point, perhaps, because people maybe want to go and have their dinner or get to work or whatever it might be. But if you have that, brand massive that message, that brand narrative in gold letters on your wall. And it does resonate with your audience, but you don't have that brand narrative consistent across the entire internet. It's useless. Yeah. And that's what CaliQ Pro does. It identifies all of the places you are present, all the places you need to be present, and allows you to implement and project and communicate that brand narrative that does make sense and does resonate with your audience everywhere where they are standing and looking. Yeah. So from my perspective, that's, as you said, the first problem is make sure it resonates. But once you've made it sure it resonates, make sure it's being communicated across the entire internet. Where, where it's appropriate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 100%. Well, good. Well, Jason, you're right. We're kind of up on time here, and we do need to let people go back to their busy lives. Uh, tell us how people can best get a hold of you if they are now intrigued and curious and want to know more. Right. Well, uh, I say that the search result for my name or my company name is our Google business card. So search my name, Jason Barnard, J-A-S-O-N-B-A-R-N-A-R-D, or my company, CaliCube, K-A-L-I-C-U-B-E. And what will appear is a representation of who we are, what we do, which audience we serve, and that result on Google for our name, Jason Barnard or CaliCube, will give you the choice how you want to engage with us. 
So in my case, it would be come to my site, find more out about my music career. Come to my company website, work with me. Go to Twitter, engage with me on Twitter. Go to uh, Search Engine Journal and read the articles that I've written there. So that Google business card gives you, the audience, the choice of how to engage with me. And I think that's hugely powerful and underestimated. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, thank you one more time, Jason, for sitting in and sharing all this. And I uh, certainly uh, believe it's it's been very helpful. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was absolutely delightful. It was one of the most delightful conversations I've had in multiple weeks. Thank you very much, Doug. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, I, I enjoy uh, enjoy having you here. And with that, folks, we're, we are going to let you go. But I always like to remind people we do have a video version of this on YouTube, channel by the same name, Brilliant. Leadership Powered by Common Sense. And yes, in the background of Jason's picture is uh, a guitar, a small guitar collection. I'm, I'm guessing there are many more somewhere uh, and uh, you can uh, all those links that he referenced will be in the show notes so uh, don't fear if you're out driving or moving around you can uh, hop over when you get situated find a bigger screen and look for the links they're all there and with that I'm going to say okay. goodbye go out there and make it a great day you've been listening to leadership powered by common sense hosted by Doug Thorpe if you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.